I V M. News Kids on the Block. We bring to you stories that top the nation's papers, fresh from the Ascended National School and IVM desk. Hi, I'm Kavya. I'm Anya, and I'm Trivik. And welcome to this episode of News Kids on the Block, where we give you all the top news updates of the week. And I thought we've not done a COVID update for a while. Yeah, I stole Kavya's last COVID update, so Kavya especially has not done a COVID update for a while. Yeah, exactly. So I thought I'd bring back the um, tradition in a way. And do one today, of course, as you must. And so let's talk about like something that's been happening worldwide. What's happening with COVID around the world? Um, so five point five six billion doses of the of any COVID nineteen vaccines have been administered around the world, and on an average, that's about seventy two doses for every hundred people, which seems like a lot. Actually, it is a lot. Um, and obviously, that will differ from country to country. But it's pretty cool to think about. And currently in the world, UAE has vaccinated 79% of their population fully. And so that's the most. And secondly is Uruguay um, that has vaccinated 73% of their population. This I'm getting this data from New York Times. Um, and then on the other side of the spectrum is countries like Congo and Haiti that have vaccinated only 0.1% of their population. Um, so we've kind of got stuff on both sides of the spectrums here. And secondly, I'm pretty sure you guys have all heard about the Mu variant of COVID. Um, it's a new variant the World Health Organization has identified. So as it's being researched more and more, uh, we're finding that it has genetic differences compared to other COVID-19 variants. And these genetic differences make it more transmissible, so easier to catch from one person to another and might be more severe. And the worst of it all is that it might have a response and immune, it may be able to escape the immune response of vaccines, any vaccines of COVID, and make it susceptible to any sort of treatment or vaccine or medication, which is very scary. Thank you for all of that positivity that you have brought us um, with the COVID update. Kavya, wear a mask, please. Stay socially distanced. Moving on, this is my story. This is not exactly a football story, but it is also a football story. But I think it's more about the politics of football so let me instead of waffling let me get right into it so on the 31st of august this year the ireland football association announced that both their men's and women's team will be receiving equal pay and a deal was struck between the representatives of the teams to find a solution where and i quote the irish football association is proud to announce that players representing the republic of ireland senior men's and women's team will receive the same match fees in international matches and i think this is like this is not the first team that's going to, that's done it, but this is one of the you know the more notable teams that's done it because Ireland obviously a big footballing country even though they have fallen off massively in terms of international form. Anya, I think you would have I thought you would have an opinion on this. So what do you think? Yeah, I I think it's great that they're doing it, and you know the the see the to me personally the pay is just one thing. What the pay is indicating is that there's an equal. There's an equality when it comes to opportunity. There's an equality when it comes to training, uh, fitness, access, resources. Um, and that's what comes with the pay. So I think that's what I'm happy about because, you know, Trivik and I, you and I, you and I, Trivik, you and I have talked about this so much where we, where we say that like, you can't, the, the open quotes, men's footballing industry makes so many billions of dollars. Whereas the, you know, in comparison, the women's open quote footballing industry does not make as much. So, there has to be some way to bridge that. And I think that the 
the opportunities is what's doing that and then the money will come but i think it's a great way to start that conversation mm-hmm. and to make those steps so you know hats off to ireland yeah i personally think that uh, i think while what you are saying is true they obviously don't get this bring in the same income as the mainstream you know because and i'm not saying that's like their fault is because at the moment it's made the men's game is more streamed worldwide they have more tv rights they've got you know they got more coverage and just if i think if the if women's football was as covered as men's football could understand that if they may bring in the same money the equal pay is fine but i'm glad to see that they are making some steps towards giving men and women equal chances in the sport absolutely i think it's all about what you consume and how much of it you're consuming and with that we'll take a short break and we'll be right back And welcome back to News Kids on the Block, where we bring to you all the top news updates of the week. I am your co-co co-host Anya Daftari, and let's take a second to do the last Paralympics update for the next four years. And no, I've actually really enjoyed these Paralympics. I think that they've been very exciting to watch, and I know that our listeners will be really sad to hear that it is coming to an end. But If the song, every song is going to end, that doesn't mean you shouldn't enjoy it. Rivik, please stop trying to take over my update. Okay, so um, India actually did the best that they've done, winning nineteen medals. Um, this includes five gold medals won by Abni Lekhara, Sumit Antil, uh, Manish Narwal, Pramod Bhagat, and Krishna Nagar. Um, like I said, pretty incredible. Well, something that I wanted to talk about was. Um, Praveen Kumar became the youngest Indian in history to get a medal at the Paralympics, and um, he he he's he's only eighteen, um, and and he won this in athletics in in one in the high jump in the T sixty four category, and he's only eighteen, and that seems like yeah he's eighteen that's practically an adult. But I've been having a midlife crisis lately because I'm like I'm fifteen. That means in three years I'll be eighteen, and it just it's so incredible to see people doing things, and it genuinely bothers me that I'm not doing anything other than procrastinating studying. But yeah, um, all of that aside, I think it's been an incredible game, and the fortnight has come to an end. The Paralympics have come to an end, and um, it has been like I said, incredible for India. It's great to see our athletes doing so well, um, and we will look forward to seeing them in other events in the next four years, and then of course at the Paralympics in twenty twenty four, twenty four, twenty eight. January. I can't do math. I really can't it's do math. It's twenty four because the Olympics were postponed. Ah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you, Anna. I really can't wait to see what the future holds for India and sports. Um, saying that, let's move into a bit of a heavier story. Um, we're going to talk about abortion, and there have been a few in the world, across the world. There have been a couple of um laws that have been made that affects a lot of women, women everywhere. So, Anna, why don't you start us off? Yeah. So we'll start by talking about the Texas abortion law, which you might or might not have come across in the news. Ah, uh, this law is known as the Senate Bill Eight. Um, and what it basically says, if I boil it down to one sentence, is that abortions can only happen in six weeks. Just to parallel it, in India, um, you can have an abortion from up to twenty weeks. Um, now what this means is that. beyond just that timely restriction it is also making no exceptions for pregnancies that are a product of rape or incest um it also says that the state isn't going to enforce the law it's rather the citizens so people from outside of texas or from other places anyone who violates the law essentially can sue clinics 
um and if they are successful in this sewing process they will be awarded um at least at a minimum of $10000 furthermore what's more most problematic with this law is that patients cannot be sued so basically um the doctor a nurse even a, even new york times said even an uber driver can become a defendant um to this and what this law is basically doing is it's taking into question or sort of going against the 1973 supreme court decision that was made which made abortions legal for women um joe biden and his government called it an extreme law and they said that they're trying to take it down but with the us especially a lot of times the state laws can outrun and you know overturn the national laws texas as a state has is known to be relatively conservative and i personally am pro choice i believe that as a woman you have a right to, you should have a right to uh, make your own decisions and to me the way i see this is that a government is sort of making a decision on what constitutes as life and my mom and i have talked about this a lot because we talk about the pndt in india uh, where we just say like a government is defining what life is and you know how whether it counts as a sort of mur- open court murder or not similarly and before and kavya talked about a second nation that's done something a little bit opposite in some ways um and that that whole concept of life like what is life if you think about it in this context i don't know what the right answer is and uh, some other states like georgia and mississippi have a have a law called the heartbeat law i think that's what it's colloquially called at least and basically as long as you can like hear the heartbeat if you if you can't hear the heartbeat of the child of the fetus then you know it's it, it's deemed valid um this bill in general it, it's concerning because 6 weeks is not a lot of time most women don't know they're pregnant and some yeah. studies say that a fetus it's like the whatever is the embryo i guess i don't pay attention in biology you guys okay the point is that for the most part it it can take up to 9 weeks until you understand that it's a fetus like it's not deemed the child the organism is not deemed a fetus until 9 weeks according to some people so as a whole i think it's really problematic because it puts this very very restrictive limitation on what women are able to do in a very restricted time frame and in some ways that's essentially overturning their right to having an abortion at all and like you said anna it's really scary because i do also believe that it's a woman's choice to decide what happens to her body and with these restri- restrictive laws being put in place it obviously is bringing that margin closer and closer so um i agree with everything you said let's take a short break that was obviously pretty heavy let's take a short break and welcome back to news kids on the block with me trivik me kavya and me anya and our last story for the day is a football story it is actually a really interesting i guess you could call it funny but that would be insensitive to the people involved because i'll tell you what happened so argentina were playing versus brazil in a world cup qualifier this weekend and what happened was the brazilian government they came into the game 6 minutes in and they deported four argentinian players 6 minutes into the world cup qualifying game they deported them for breaching the quarantine rules and the argentinian team had already been in brazil for 3 days and they decided to come 6 minutes into the match and come and deport them and i think that was a really it was a really bizarre decision to see all that happening and i was actually watching the game live and i was so surprised with all that was going on there and the players which were who were deported actually were all premier league players because they didn't complete the mandatory uh, quarantine after you fly in from the uk uh this the, the players names are Giovanni Lo Celso, Emiliano Buendia, 
Emiliano Martinez and Christian Romero. These four were all deported back to the UK like minutes after they begin their one of their the most important games in their qualifying attempts. But I think that I think they shouldn't have obviously they shouldn't have lied about breaching the COVID rules. But I definitely think the situation could have been handled better, especially from by the Brazilian government as the team were already in the country for three days before the game actually happened. And I assume that they knew that the, the this quarantine had been breached because the, the all of them played games which were nationally televised the weekend before, they, the day before they left. So, I think it's a bit bizarre how they waited so long. But the things people will do for publicity these days, am I right? Absolutely, Srivat. Anyways, that's all we have for you today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of News Kids on the Block. Don't forget to tune in to us every Friday for our fresh take on the news from across the globe. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IVM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We'll see you next week. But till then, do share this episode with your folks. Stay safe. And don't forget to do your homework.